On today's episode, we need courageous leadership in this district. We need courageous leadership on our school board. More of that. We need someone who's able to make decisions, make those tough decisions to make sure that our children are prepared for that next step. And I am that leader. I am dedicated to engaging our families, engaging our teachers and making sure that everyone has what they need to be successful in our communities. Hello, everyone. My name is D. Watson, Jr. And this is your local bazaar. Are you listening? Damn. Uh. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. Uh. Hello, everyone. I'd like to welcome you to this episode of the Your Local Bazaar podcast, the place where communities come together. Here we discuss the big, the small, the who, the what, the when, the where, the how, the why, the good, the bad, and the ugly of entrepreneurship, community, and this crazy thing we call politics. Today we are continuing our series entitled Your Voice, Your Vote. During this series, I will be interviewing candidates from various political races around Shelby County, Tennessee. I had originally planned to host debates with all the candidates participating, but of course the COVID-19 pandemic forced me to rethink and reimagine it. So what I came up with after some brainstorming and some trial and error is what I'm dubbing debate interviews. This is how they work. I will ask the candidates a series of questions to which they have 90 seconds to respond. At the end of the Q&A session, each candidate will have five minutes for closing remarks. It works the same as a regular debate, but I'm doing one candidate at a time. Today's candidate is Ms. Shalia Harris. She is the third of the candidates for Shelby County School District number five. District five is split geographically by the towns of Bartlett and Arlington. The northern part of the district includes the Brunswick and Rosemark communities. Schools in this part of District five are Barrett's Chapel and Bolton High School to name a few. The southern part of the district is the area known as Cordova and includes schools like Chimney Rock Elementary, Riverwood Elementary, Dexter Middle, and Cordova High. A few other schools in the district are Macon Hall Elementary, Riverwood Elementary, Cordova Middle, and of course Mount Pisgah Middle School. And with all that said, let's jump right into our interview with Ms. Shalia Harris. Hello, Ms. Harris. How are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? I am outstanding. Okay, you ready? I'm ready to go. Okay, one, two things. Just a reminder that as I ask the questions, you have 90 seconds to respond. Okay. And at the end of the Q&A session, you will have five minutes for closing remarks. All right, sounds good. Okay. And your first question is, what do you feel is the role of the school board and its members? Um, I think the overall role of the school board is to really set the standard and set the expectation for the entire district. Um, there is a large responsibility for a billion dollar budget and to allocating those funds um, uh, accurately. Um, and then just just hold our teachers, our educators, our school staff, um, hold everyone to a high level of performance. Um and also make sure that everyone has what they need. Make sure our, our teachers, our, our students, our families have the resources that they need uh, for academic success. Thank you, ma'am. Your next question. What attributes do you think are essential to be a good school board member 
And what experiences and qualifications do you have that qualify you for the position? Sure. So I think a good school board member, um, really in any district, should have some type of engagement prior to uh, some engagement with education um, and have some connection already to their community. Um, The experience that I've had, I'm a former educator, former high school educator. And so I've been in the classroom before. I know what that what that looks like, what that feels like. Um, But then also for the past three years, I've served uh, in government affairs. Um, And so really working around uh, different policies that impact the community as as a whole. Um, And so someone who who has an experience with with children, with education, and is really vested in the community and wants to see things change. Thank you, ma'am. Your next question. Why do you want to be on the Shelby County School Board? Um, I am a 20-year resident of District 5. Uh, I'm a product of the schools here. Like I said, I do have a background in education, uh, community engagement. Um, but the, the main reason I want to be on the school board is I am exhausted with our current representation in District 5. Um, it is almost disgraceful. Um, there has been no engagement. There's been little to no communication with our school leaders, our families, community members, nothing. Um, it is definitely time for a change. Um, our demographics in District 5 has changed drastically over the past 20 years. Um, and we need representation that reflects our demographics, someone who's going to be able to speak up and, and voice for all of us. So it's, it's definitely time for a change. Thank you, ma'am. Your next question. Prior to the start of your campaign, what school or district activities have you been involved? Um, so for the past four and a half, almost five years, um, my nonprofit Living Grace um, has advocated for homeless students within Shelby County Schools. Um, for those past four years, we have uh, advocated for different policies um, that directly impact that demographic of students. And we have uh, partnered with about 10 schools uh, throughout the district to provide school supplies, toiletries, bus cars, college and career readiness, those basic necessities for academic success. Uh, We've been able to uh, collectively provide those services for students uh, in Shelby County Schools. Thank you, ma'am. Your next question. As a citizen of School Board District 5, what challenges or needs do you see that are unique to your district? And how would you as a school board member address these concerns? So my district, our our 12 schools are really performing pretty well. Um, I don't, there's no issues with school performance or anything like that. Um, However, I do see a lack of engagement with the parents. Um, And also uh, when when our students graduate, we have two high schools in District 5. It's Cordova High School and Bolton High School. How are we tracking the success of those students once they leave? Now, this is, this can be unique to District 5, but it really, Um, can serve all of our districts. How are we serving our students once they graduate? How are we ensuring post-secondary success? Um, So that's one of the things that I do want to focus on, building a strong infrastructure to support our students, not just when they walk across the stage, but after, if they're going to go to college or go directly to their career, how are we supporting them after high school? Thank you, ma'am. Your next question. What are some of the strengths of your district and how can the community leverage these attributes to build a better school district? Um, I think some of our strengths uh, in District 5 is we do have um, a lot of companies, uh, organizations that surround our schools um, that we can use to build strong partnerships with. 
um, whether that's to provide tutoring service for our schools, resources, um, uh, internships for our high school students. We do have a, a, a good amount of companies um, uh, that could be invested in our, our District 5 schools. Thank you, ma'am. Your next question. How are schools in District 5 performing relative to state and federal standards? And what plans do you have to assist in improving and or maintaining these levels? Um, I will say the District 5 schools, all 12 of them are at least a level three and above, which is great. Um, so in order to maintain that, um, I would focus on the needs of the school leaders and the educators, um, what they have used, what's been working, and how I can increase those resources for them to continue doing that great work. Um, but as far as the, the school performance, it, it, they're all at about a three and above. Thank you, ma'am. Next question. <clears throat> What is your vision for education in this community? Um, my vision for education would be for every student, despite what district they live in, despite what zip code they live in, for every child to have what they need to pursue excellence. Um, I feel that there are some, some of our schools don't have the same resources, yet we still expect our, our children to perform at the same level. And so my vision is for true equity and access for our students to have exactly what they need at every single level uh, to be successful in their academics. Thank you, ma'am. Next question. Mm -hmm. When talking to educators in our community, one concern they have is the lack of parental involvement. What strategies do you have that could promote and facilitate healthy parental involvement? Um, parental involvement or engagement is something that I have heard across the board for a while now. Um, I think that our parents or our families um, are in a position now where some of them are having to work multiple jobs um, and therefore their time is limited. Um, and I think that we need to, not that we haven't done this, but we need to adapt and adjust more to the needs of the parent. Um, and, and, and before all that, make sure that the parents are aware of what's going on. Sometimes parents aren't engaged because they just, they're not aware. Um, and I think it's our responsibility to, to communicate effectively um, to make sure that our families know exactly what's going on in their schools, in their districts, and kind of how they play a part. Um, so one, bring awareness, and then two, uh, adapt and adjust and continue to be flexible to meet the parents and families where they are. Thank you, ma'am. Your next question. Currently, Shelby County Schools uses the TIM process, Teacher mm -hmm. effectiveness, effectiveness Measure, to evaluate our teachers. What is your opinion of this evaluation method, and what recommendations do you have to improve this process? Um, from what I know of the TIM process, because I was actually TEAM, uh, T-E-A-M, when I was teaching, um, but what I know about this process, it is not um, transparent. Um, it is not always accurate and dependable. Um, I would like to revisit uh, a different method to evaluate our teachers because I don't think that it's fair. I don't think that it's a fair process and it doesn't accurately um, uh, give us the data that we need to determine whether teachers are being effective or not. Thank you, ma'am. Your next question. Shelby County is fortunate to have a strong, experienced core of teachers. How can we do a better job to compensate and re how can we do a better job compensating and retaining good teachers? Um, I think the answer is very simple. I think the process is complex. Uh, we just have to pay our educators. I think it's insane for us not to uh, accommodate teachers 
as they continue in their in their degree. It's insane for us not to pay a teacher for a bachelor's or a master's or a doctorate. Like that, the salary step is insane for us not to do that. If you look at other professions, you get paid based on your experience and your education level. Why can't we do the same for our educators? I, I think that it, it, the answer is pretty simple, but the process can be complex. But we have to pay our teachers. If we pay our teachers, then we shouldn't have a problem with retaining them. And include their voices. I think, you know, as a former educator, I can speak to, you know, sometimes not having my voice heard. I know what that feels like. And so we have to elevate the teacher voices and just listen, not only listen, but really implement their ideas because they're the ones on the ground doing the work. Your next question. What options and support other than special education classes are available for students who are mastering skills but still have behavioral issues? Um, that question can have a few layers to it. So I'll just go this direction. Um, a lot of our students are coming into the classroom with so many external barriers, so many layers of trauma that oftentimes the teachers are having to teach the trauma first before they can get to the content. Um, I do believe in ACEs, uh, Adverse Childhood Education. Um, I do believe that each student should have an ACEs survey done. Uh, and that we need to train our educators, our staff, our behavior specialists on how to serve that student based on where they are. Um, it can't just all rely on special education. We as a community, we as educators, we as school board members really have to to serve the whole child. And I think that we're missing that aspect. Um, I, I don't I don't think our students really have academic issues. I think we have extremely brilliant students in Shelby County schools. I just think the hand that, that, that a lot of them are dealt makes it difficult for them to perform well. And so I do believe in getting down to the foundation, getting down to the root of the issue and serving the child from that. Thank you, ma'am. It has been said, art is a place for children to learn to trust their ideas themselves and to explore what is possible. With the heightened levels of fear and uncertainty that exist in our society, what role can art play in the lives of our children? And what can you as a school board member do to reinvigorate the interest in the arts in our school system. Oh man, I, I love art. I, I am, I feel like I'm a creative. I was a creative child. And I think that it gives, it gives children a different level of freedom. Uh, it gives them another uh, opportunity or method to express themselves. Uh, and so I would definitely, as a school board member, I would definitely elevate that as a priority. Uh, and, and really collaborate with other school board members, um, uh, community organizations that focus on that and really figure out a way together. How do we elevate this in conversation? How do we make it a priority? And how do we really implement a plan that provides this outlet for our students? I do not have the answer on my own. Uh, and, and in that case, I, I would collaborate with other community members. Your next question. <clears throat> Excuse me. When one considers the civil unrest that is currently manifesting due to the injustice that exists in our society, how can the school system educate and encourage our students to voice and effectively participate in our democratic society? I think that we have to be very transparent with our children. And I think that we have to uh, show that we support them by providing them the space to express how they feel, providing them with the space to voice their opinions and their concerns. Um, so definitely being transparent, uh, making sure that we are showing our support 
and then providing the space for them to express how they feel. Thank you, ma'am. Mm -hmm. Your next question. What is a charter school? What role do they play in the Shelby County educational system? And what advice would you give a parent considering sending their child to a charter school? So charter schools are public schools. Um, they just have a different framework for how they um, are operating. Um, there's more autonomy uh, for school leaders and school staff in charter schools, but they are public schools. Um, we have a significant amount of charter schools here in Shelby County Schools, and there are some, uh, some areas that are completely saturated. Uh, in my opinion, I'm an advocate for quality schools. Whether it's charter or traditional public schools, I'm an advocate for quality schools. If there is a family or a parent who's considering that, I would definitely do the research to see how the school has been performing and then also um, get a better idea of the school leader and what their vision is and kind of what their background is. Um, unfortunately, I've seen some charter school leaders who have no background whatever whatsoever in education and they just came up with the, the brilliant idea to start a school. Um, you want to be cautious of that. You want people who have a heart for the work, who have experience in it, and you want to see how well the school has performed at least the past two years, two or three years. Thank you, ma'am. Your next question. Before the COVID-19 pandemic struck our communities, what do you feel were the biggest issues or challenges facing Shelby County schools? And how do we address these and how do we address these issues in the midst of a pandemic? Um, I'm going to be honest with you. The same issues we had before this pandemic, they're the same ones now. They're just more elevated. Before the pandemic, we had issues with our digital divide. Um, before then, we had issues with um, students experiencing various levels of poverty. We had issues with uh, students not um, on grade level for reading. We still had those same issues. Um, I think that we need to continue the course that we've been on. We need to continue the work. Um, I think now it's being elevated uh, in conversations to the point where we can no longer avoid it. Um, I think the only thing the pandemic did for us was bring more awareness to it. But we have the same issues, the exact same issues. Thank you, ma'am. Your next question. As our nation and her family struggle with the financial hardships brought on by the COVID-19 pandemic, there will undoubtedly be a need to make changes in the Shelby County Schools budget for the upcoming school year. What are two programs or services provided by Shelby County Schools that must be protected and maintained? Why do you think these programs or services are so important? Um, one, we need to pay the teachers. Um, two, we need to continue our food services. Um, I know there was an issue early on um, internally with Shelby County Schools and their health department or, or nutrition department. Um, but as, as Memphis, as we do, we collectively came together to make sure that our children were fed. And I think that we should definitely continue those services or at least make them available to all of our families. Um, but we have to pay our teachers. I, I don't know how how much I can, can can stress that, can say that we have to figure out a way that we can increase pay for our teachers because they're at the core of this work. Um, they're in the classrooms. They are on the front lines. We have to take care of our te teachers. If we take care of the teachers, they're going to take care of the children. If we take care of the children, the whole community will, will prosper. 
um, but we have to take care of our educators and we're just not doing that right now. Thank you, ma'am. Your next question. Continuing with the aforementioned situation, what are two programs you would be willing to sacrifice to preserve the Shelby County School budget? Explain explain your reasoning for sacrificing these programs. Uh, my answer will be none. There's not one program that we don't need. Um, because of our current situation with our budget and really struggling to get more funding in, we don't have the luxury or the privilege to sacrifice any program. Everything and everyone is needed. Um, and so I would say none. That's my reasoning. We, we don't have we don't have that privilege to sacrifice any programming. Your next question. How will we know it is safe for our children to return to school and what safety precautions would you recommend for parents and educators? Um, we will know that it's safe um, when the CDC says it's safe and when our governor isn't having to extend our state of emergency like he did today. Uh, we will know that it's safe when our cases um, that have been increased in the past few days um, have decreased. Um, right now, it, it it is crazy to even think that our students and educators can go back um, at our originally scheduled time. It is not safe. It, it's almost like we're putting putting our teachers and our kids uh, in a fire and saying, you know, well, they we know they're going to burn, but we'll, we'll just see how bad they'll burn. That's insane to put them in that type of situation. Um, so we'll know when the CDC when the CDC says it is clear. Thank you, ma'am. Your next question: As we prepare to reopen schools in the fall, what unique challenges do you anticipate schools in your district will encounter, and what can the school board do to mitigate these issues? I don't think there will be any unique challenges in District Five. Um, I think we'll see the same challenges everywhere. People just want clear answers. They want a clear plan of what to expect and what to do. And I know families and parents need to know that their children will be safe. Um, but as we continue to, to prepare to reopen, just be transparent with people. Just be honest. Don't, you know, don't continue these, these fancy presentations. Give me a solid plan of action. That's all we're asking for. Um, so there's nothing, I don't think there's anything unique to District 5. It's really all of our schools. Thank you, ma'am. Your next question. The COVID-19 pandemic and social distancing has forced us to rethink and develop new and creative ways to teach our children. As we move towards a new normal that will incorporate some type of distant learning, how can we ensure children of lower income families are not left behind? Um, I think we have a great start. Um, we just got approved, uh, the school district just got approved for um, the digital device plan, which ensures every child gets a device, uh, including connectivity. Um, I think there's layers to that. Um, I think we need to make sure that our educators are prepared for that shift. I think we need to make sure that our families are prepared for that because it's not just putting a device in the hand and say, okay, we're going to move to the distance learning, you know, if parents work, how are we going to, how do we make things um, accessible for them? Um, how do we ensure that uh, we have childcare, aftercare services? Like how are we working with families? How are corporations in the city or organizations working with families as we make this shift together? It is literally going to take all of us. 
everyone in Memphis from the top all the way down to the bottom. It's going to take all of us to figure this out. Thank you. Your next question. Various governmental bodies have pledged money to Shelby County Schools to help bridge the digital divide. How do you feel this money could best be used? I mean, one, we have to make sure, as I mentioned earlier, that we're not just handing out devices, but we're making sure that families and educators have the appropriate tools they need to really implement this distance learning plan. Um, and we have to um, hold everyone accountable. If, if funds are being given out and we know what our goals are, what our mission is, how are, we how are we holding everyone accountable for these funds and how are we showing that we're being successful uh, with this method? Thank you, ma'am. Okay. That was your last question. You now okay. have you now have five minutes for closing remarks. Uh, my name is Shalia Harris. Uh, I am a product of District 5 schools. I am a longtime resident of District 5. Um, I am an advocate for our children. I am an advocate for our educators. I am an advocate for our families. Um, we, we need courageous leadership in this district. We need courageous leadership on our school board. More of that. We need someone who's able to make decisions, make those tough decisions to make sure that our children are prepared for that next step. And I am that leader. I am dedicated to engaging our families, engaging our teachers, and making sure that everyone has what they need to be successful in our communities. Ms. Harris, I want to thank you once again for your participation in these interview. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Ladies and gentlemen, that concludes my interview with Ms. Shalia Harris, a candidate for Shelby County School Board District 5. To learn more about Ms. Harris and her campaign, visit her website at shaliaforschools.com. You can also visit her Facebook page, Shalia for Schools. Her Twitter is at Shalia Harris, and her Instagram is at Shalia Harris underscore. If you missed any of that information, you can find it in the show notes accompanying this episode or visit my website, yourlocalbazaar.biz. A reminder, early voting started Friday, July 17th and will continue until Saturday, August 1st. If you would like to vote via absentee ballot, you can do so, but you must request your ballot by July 30th. And of course, election day is Thursday, August 6th. I would like to thank Ms. Harris as well as all the other candidates who participated in these interviews. I thank you for taking time out of your campaign schedule to do so. I'd also like to thank you, the listener, for taking time out of your busy schedule to listen to this podcast. I know your time is valuable and I'm honored that you stopped by to listen. I sincerely hope and pray that these series of interviews will help us all become more informed and better educated voters. Our theme song, Ever Felt, Part 1 and 2, are by Otis McDonald. You can visit Otis McDonald at his website at otismacmusic.com. This episode will conclude our interviews for Shelby County School Board candidates. Season 1.2 of Your Voice or Your Vote will start in October as we start posting interviews for candidates in the various elections on the November 3rd ballot. Our next episode will be Sunday, July 26th, around 5 p.m., wherever you listen to podcast. So until then, wherever you are, wherever you go, always shop small, shop local, 365. Attention! Dismissed.